Are you dreaming of visiting Switzerland? Planning a trip to Switzerland is very exciting, but it can also be overwhelming. How do you choose which of the many scenic cities, towns and villages to visit? Which mountaintop excursions should you take? And what's the best way to get around Switzerland? And of course, how much of the country can you realistically see within your time frame? If you've asked yourself any of these questions, this is the podcast for you. This is the Holidays to Switzerland travel podcast, and in each episode, your host Carolyn Schonefinger chats with Swiss travel experts to answer your most commonly asked questions, provide practical tips, and take you on a virtual visit to the most popular destinations, and of course, some hidden gems to help you plan your dream trip to Switzerland. And you'll hear plenty of conversations about Swiss cheese and chocolate too. Are you ready to plan your trip to Switzerland? Well, let's get started. Hello and welcome to episode 88 of the Holidays to Switzerland Travel Podcast. I'm your host, Carolyn, and I'm so happy that you've joined me today to get tips and inspiration for your Swiss vacation. When you think of Switzerland, snow-capped mountains, crystal clear lakes and panoramic train rides are some of the things that probably come to mind. And these are all a quintessential part of any Swiss vacation. But Switzerland offers so much more. And its charming villages are just one example. And the wonderful thing is you don't have to go too far off the regular tourist trail to find them. Take the village of La Neuveville, for instance. It's probably the most colourful village in Switzerland and is less than an hour from Bern. Situated beside Lake Beale, it is steeped in medieval charm and if you do decide to visit, there's a fair chance you'll be the only tourist in town. La Neuveville is one of 49 villages that are members of the Most Beautiful Villages in Switzerland Association, villages that have been recognised for their historic importance and their charm. In today's episode, Kevin Quattropani, the president of the association, joins me to chat about seven villages that are within easy reach of the major Swiss cities that most tourists visit. They are all gorgeous villages that are well worth a visit. And you can reach them all by public transport, which is a definite bonus. Before we hear from Kevin, I'd like to say a huge thank you to the team from Switzerland Tourism, sponsors of the podcast. Make sure you visit their website, myswitzerland.com, for loads of helpful Swiss trip planning info. If you need the train ride of a lifetime, you need Switzerland. Now, let's hop on a train or a bus and head to some of those villages as we hear from Kevin. Hi, Kevin. Thank you very much for coming back onto the podcast. It's really great to have you here. It's a long time. Um, It was way back on episode 16 when you last appeared and we're now up to episode 88. So there's a lot happened uh, in the meantime. And I think um, it's really worth uh, covering or chatting about the, the most beautiful villages again because they're just so, so special and um, so many of our listeners wouldn't wouldn't know that the association actually exists. So I'm very happy that you're, you've agreed to come back on and, and share more about them with us today. Can you start, please, by introducing yourself and telling us um, exactly what the most beautiful villages in Switzerland association is? Yes, uh, thank you, Caroline. Thank you very much for having me back. It's a pleasure to be back. Wow, time goes back goes very quickly, huh? Mm-hmm. 
Well, I'm Kevin Quattropani. I'm the founder of uh, the association The Most Beautiful Villages in Switzerland, which was founded in 2013 with the aim of promoting and protecting the nation's most beautiful villages. Uh, to date, our network includes 49 villages in 18 cantons. Plus, we have also one village in the Principality of Liechtenstein. We, we are part of a bigger federation. It, it's the Federation of the Most Beautiful Villages of the World, with other nine countries, such as Italy, France, Spain and Japan. Uh, participating villages must have less than 10,000 inhabitants, have a significant cultural heritage and be located in a remarkable landscape. They must sign a quality card where they pledge to maintain their cultural heritage while opening up to tourism. We range, let's say, from villages like Bosco Gurin in the Alps, which has only 55 inhabitants, to small towns like Arburg on the River Ar with 8,000 inhabitants. We are also partners in Switzerland tourism program, The Magic of Beautiful Places. Fantastic. And I know uh, from our past uh, chats that there are uh, some villages that that our listeners may may well have heard of, like um, Ascona or Mokotte, for for example. But there's so many that they wouldn't have heard of. Um, so it's great that we'll be able to let them into the secret about some of those. I'm fortunate to have visited quite a few of the of the member villages, but there's still plenty more that I need to to visit. Absolutely, and I think one of the great things about um, Switzerland is that. It's so because of the great public transport system, it's so easy to reach many of all, all of these villages, really. And a lot of them are actually very close to some of the major cities. So I thought what we'd do today is chat about some of those villages that are really easy to get to from the major centres. Because if our listeners are perhaps traveling around Switzerland on a Swiss travel pass, they might have a couple of days in, in one of the major cities or towns and think, I'd love to get off the beaten track a bit and visit one of these beautiful villages. So I think you've got seven uh, villages that you're going to share with us today. So take it away and give us all the inside info. Super. Well, exactly. I'm, I must say this is typical Switzerland. As you mentioned before, public transport here, I move around basically 99% by public transport. It's uh, These seven villages we're going to talk about are very near, let's say they're close to big cities, but this could be the same in Italy or in Spain and France. But that doesn't mean you can get there easily and quickly as you can do here in Switzerland. For example, as I mentioned before, we are in the Federation of the Most Beautiful Villages of the World. But for example, in Spain, out of 110 villages, only 10 have a station, a railway station. <laughs> Instead, we, with 49 villages, 40 have a railway station. So it's exactly the opposite. So even if they are villages, they're not huge towns, but they're very well connected. So uh, I thought we could start with a, a, a village that is very close to Geneva. So, for example, if some of you are flying into Geneva, I think the main places where you arrive is Zurich or Geneva Airport. And actually from Geneva Airport, you, you could see this village. Let's say it's like 15 kilometers from the airport, so you can oh, see wow. it. But it's about 30, 
It's 30 minutes by public transport from Geneva downtown. And this is Dardagny. Dardagny is one of the last villages that has joined our association, I think, last uh, last year. And Dardagny is a peaceful village of 1,800 inhabitants. And it's located in the canton of Geneva, which is quite small, uh, just a few steps from France, because basically all around Canton Geneva is France. So uh, this uh, this village has a 17th century beautiful castle in the center of the village, which is actually the largest in the canton of Geneva, and now houses the town hall. So you can actually visit the castle even if you go to the town hall to, to do business, let's say, if you live there. Uh, several wine cellars in the village invite you to taste a glass of Pinot Noir, which is a famous type of wine that is produced here. In fact, the whole area is full of wine yards and it's very pleasant to walk among the old cottages and ancient chapels. One actually even dates back to the 13th century. So even if you're only 30 minutes from Geneva, the difference couldn't be wider from, you know, Geneva. It's uh, for us, at least it's really where, you know, has its uh, headquarters, the Red Cross. Uh, it's really very international. Well, Dardigny is the opposite. It's very, very countryside. So I, I quite like actually this uh, when we have a village that is very close to a big city and to have such a village only 30 minutes away. It's not bad. Yeah. So you're going from the, the bustling city um, just to a, to a quiet village, as you say, just within 30 minutes. Fantastic. Exactly, exactly. We're also people are very relaxed and also with this wine tasting. And so it's really the opposite of uh, of, of Geneva. So it's easily um, like a, a day trip or half a day or, or a full day trip uh, and you're getting a, the total totally different perspective of, of Switzerland. Well, I think also people that are living in Canton Geneva don't really know this village or a lot of Canton Geneva because basically our cantons that have a name like Zurich, Canton Zurich, Geneva, Canton Geneva, many associate the village, uh, the, the city with the canton. Instead, there's much more to see in the canton on top, of course, of the main village that gives the name to, uh, to the, to the canton. Actually, in Ticino, where I live in Lugano, uh, many think our number plates LU is Lugano. Instead, LU is Lucerne and gives the name to Canton Lucerne. Instead, Lugano is the biggest town in uh, southern Switzerland, Ticino, but the capital is Bellinzona. So when the name, let's say, of the canton is different, normally it means the 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 main city is not so important as in the, for the canton as it is in the cantons where the name of the city is the name of the canton. So this was for uh, Canton Geneva. Mm -hmm. I think we move into Canton Bern. Yeah. And to uh, La Neuville, which I think is one of the villages you visited. I and, did. Uh, I visited it last year and now uh, I just fell in love with it. It was so beautiful. It was such, such a um, surprise. Well, not a surprise because I guess I'd seen photos on your website, but to walk around the corner, we actually arrived by boat, um, which is part of the public. By boat, okay. Um, and, yeah, walked up from the boat pier into the village and around the corner into the main 
the main street, I guess. And wow. This is probably, I would say, the most uh, colorful village that we yeah, have. As you've been there, you know this. The, the houses are very, very colorful. It's 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 a bit like being in a cartoon, actually, for uh, from my point of view. And Lanoville, actually, it's a it's a little town of three thousand nine hundred inhabitants. And as you said, as you arrived on boat, it is located on a lake. It's on the lake lake of Biel or Bien. I don't know how you say it in English, but that we, as is a, it's a lake divided between the French part and the German part. It has two names, Biel and Bien. And the many colorful uh, houses, they actually form a, a sort of a wall that enclose several old pedestrian streets with a, with a stream and a charming fountain in the middle. Actually, when you get in the middle of this uh, village, you really have like this small stream uh, flowing there. And these very nice, uh, very nice fountains with a lot of cafes in that area. There are actually still several medieval towels, towers that serve as an entrance to the old town. This is also in Switzerland. We don't have so many, like in Italy, they really have still a lot of villages that have all the town walls, town walls intact and a lot of entrance. In Switzerland, unfortunately, we don't have so many. Uh, we destroyed them, let's say, uh, over the years to build new things. In that sense, La Neuville is quite particular because it's one of the few that still has this type of wall uh, done by houses and these uh, towers to enter. It is by the lake. And in fact, the gardens on the lake invite you to stroll and enjoy the view of the Lake of Bienne and the village of Erlach. And it's castle that you see in front of you, which actually Erlach is also a member of our association. So in that area, actually, we have three villages, one next to each other, even if it's different cantons, different languages, but it's a very, very nice area. Yeah. Now, we should mention, too, that... Um La Neuveville. I actually arrived when I said by boat. We came from the south. Uh, we came on on the boat um, f- from the south. But you can actually arrive by train from Bern, and that takes around fifty minutes, I believe. Is that right? Yes, from Bern by by train is fifty minutes exactly. Yeah. So under an hour, you're out there into one of the most as you said, one of the most colourful villages. It's like walking through an ice cream shop, really, like all the different colours of the gelato. Exactly. And uh, also the scenery from the train ride is quite is quite remarkable. It is, yeah. No, it's, it's a beautiful part of Switzerland. So what about uh, Zurich? Is there any of the member villages that are, that are close, close to Zurich? So now we get to another uh, canton where the name of the biggest city, Zurich, is also the name of the canton. And I think many of you will land in Zurich, probably more than in Geneva. So this village is interesting. It's Gröningen. It's about 40 minutes from the center of Zurich. In this case, uh, you can get by public transport. It's quite also a nice ride. But let's say by car would be only 20 minutes. So it's really near to uh, Zurich downtown. And uh, it has 3,800 inhabitants. And it's a beautiful little town in the Zurich countryside. There are popular markets as held here on a regular basis. So basically every week you have a market going on. The town is also a home to a famous botanical garden, which is open from March to November. This is also quite particular. Not a lot of villages have a botanical garden. And uh, there is also an old castle that houses a museum 
a beautiful historical cafe, and in winter, a skating ring in the in a courtyard. This this place I like quite a lot because also the lady that has this cafe, uh, this cafe is located in the basement of the of the castle, and it's really old. When you go in there, really like going back in time. And also the lady is quite old style, old style, let's say. And it's I really like that, especially on a, on a Sunday. It's really. As I say, the opposite to Zurich. To Zurich is very, you know, Wall Street, a bit like for for Americans. So business, uh, money, and whatever. Here, it's all about uh, la joie de vivre. How you say, the enjoy life and have a piece of cake and a uh, good coffee, and that's it. So it's a very nice uh, place to go. This castle because it's open to the public. You don't have to pay a fee to go in there, and you have this beautiful castle, a beautiful cafe. You have gardens where you can stroll around. So that is very, that's very nice. And the central street of Gröningen, of this uh, village, is made up of historic white houses. Here they're not so colorful as in La Neuville, but the particularity is that they are all white and they also uh, form a sort of wall and they are very harmonic. So in short, it's a very pleasant place to spend an afternoon here from busy Zurich. Mm, yes, sounds like a, a great escape. Def- and definitely visit on a Sunday it and is. go to that cafe. Yes, uh, yes, I always go on Sundays. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll send the cafe owner your regards, shall we? <laughs> yes, yes, please. <laughs> okay, what what else have you got for us? So uh, the next village is another village that you have visited is Schwellbrunn, Schwellbrunn in Appenzell. Appenzell, I think, is also a favorite for tourists uh, from abroad, the canton of Appenzell. And uh, Schwellbrunn is a German-speaking village. It's about 30 minutes from St. Gallen, but actually it's like 45 from Zurich. So it's also not that far from Zurich. And uh, Schwellbrunn is the highest village in Appenzell at a 1,000 meters above sea level. And from here, you have a very nice view of the Sentis mountain, which is one of the most well-known mountains we have in uh, in Switzerland. Not as known as the Jungfrau or the Matterhorn, but still for us is quite uh, quite famous, the Sentis Mountain. The village is surrounded by vast green meadows with many cows. So if you like country, let's say, to see, but also to smell, this is a, a good place because it's really got that feeling. And it's in fact, it's hard to imagine a more bucolic village than this one. I mean, in my also head of the 49 we have, this is one of the most bucolic, especially also because Appenzell for me has the grass there has, I don't know, has a, a very particular green color. It's not the same green color that we have here in Ticino or in Berner Oberland. It's really a difference. So for me, Appenzell is grass in a way to this green, green color from, uh, from Appenzell. And in this village, there are a lot of local, let's say, cheese that sell cheese or local products. So it's a good place also to, to buy stuff. And uh, from uh, Schwellbrunn, there are countless beautiful nature walks that start from here. And then it's a typical Appenzell uh, uh, place. So it means the, the, it's sort of hills. It's not mountains, but they go up and down. But to walk, it's a very good place because you don't have to climb very high and then go down again. You just go just slightly up and down, but you're not flat. And you have very nice views around. So Schwellbrunn is definitely 
interesting village. Yeah, that, that's one thing I, I really noticed about uh, Appenzell and Schwelbrunn in particular. Um, as you say, it's rolling green hills. When when people think of Switzerland, they often think of like the, the Alps and, of course, yeah. that is Switzerland, but in Appenzell, sure. they're, they're your more gentle rolling hills um, with, this, with the Santas there. In, in the distance. That, that's a, a perfect way to describe Appenzellas, I think. <laughs> yes, I, I think too, I think too. Unfortunately, from where I live, it's one of the farthest places to go if I want to go for a weekend. But, I mean, Switzerland is not Australia, so I can get there easily and in comparison. So I would say the next place we're going is actually a canton well-known for the Alps, is Canton uh, Graubünden, uh, where you have places like Davos, San Moritz, uh, Arosa, so very famous places. Their mountains can get up to 4,000 meters. So it's quite an uh, alpine location. And in fact, this village we have, Bergüne, uh, it's a typical alpine village. And it's about an hour from Kur, uh, which is the capital of uh, Graubünden. And uh, Bergüne is at 1,400 meters and it's located on the UNESCO Albula train line that connects Kur to St. Moritz. So I think many of you that have already been in Switzerland probably have passed it, but maybe have not got off the train. So it's really worth it getting off the train. First, because I don't know in other countries, but uh, here, if you have a ticket, let's say from Kur to St. Moritz, you can get off and get up uh, on again on the train with no problem. It's not only bound for train number one or number two or whatever. So you can get off easily. And in the past, the travelers used to stop here before going up to the Engadin to acclimatize themselves to the altitude. In fact, a, la a large courthouse, which is now a Swiss historic hotel, can be found here. So also in the past, a lot of people used to stop in Burgoon, but that was when we used to think that to go up to the heights, well, heights, uh, Engadin is 1,800 meters. You, you, you used to need time to acclimatize to the, to the heights. So now people go up without all stopping in Burgoon. Uh, the village has many, really many Engadin style houses, even if it's not in the Engadin and an ancient tower from the 13th century. And especially interesting in winter, it's the Europe largest, uh, longest toboggan run, which is basically operating from end of November to end of March, where you can really then sledge down from Preda, which you go up with the train to Preda, and then you come down with the sledge and you really sledge in the village because in the village in, in winter, you cannot uh, travel by car. It's full of snow and you, pe you see people coming down with the sledge until the, the, the station and then they get, a, get the train back up to, to Preda. So in winter, it's quite, uh, it's quite nice. Yeah, quite unique. Uh, I've uh, imagined going up on a cable car and then coming down on a sledge, but to actually go up on a train and then and then sledge down, that's, that's something qu quite different. Yeah, here it's only with a the train. There's no uh, cable car, so it's the train. And uh, it's it's the red train, the very famous red train that runs in uh, in all of Graubünden. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, so some of our listeners are probably familiar with the um, the Benina Express and the Glacier Express, which with both which both run along that Albula line. So they've probably gone 
past uh, Burgun, but as you say, they, they probably have, haven't stopped. So to stop, they would need to be on a, or to get off rather, they need to be on a regional train if they want to do that and then and then hop back on later. Yeah, I believe the Bernina Express stops there, but not the Glacier Express. So if you're on the Bernina Express, actually, you can go directly from Poschiavo, which is another Val village, to Bergün, but not with the Glacier Express. All right. So moving on from the Alps, um, let's head south. What uh, what village would you like to tell us about? Welcome to my canton, which is the canton of Ticino, which is the only canton totally south of the Alps. Uh, and a canton that speaks Italian. So, of course, this village, Giornico, which is about 30 minutes from Bellinzona, which I told you earlier is the capital of Ticino, uh, speaks Italian. And Giornico is known as the village of the seven churches, some of which, like the Romanesque Church of San Nicolao, are really unique nationwide. And in the past, caravans on their way to the Gothard Pass used to stop here to rest their animals and prepare for the ascent. Because basically, from Bellinzona until Giornico, it's slightly uphill, but slightly. And then from Giornico, you really stop, start, uh, start to go up. So with the animals, where they had things to put on the animals to take materials, they used to change there in Giornico before preparing to go up to the San Gorter Pass. And the Giornico houses the Leventina Museum, which is the area of Giornico School Leventina, which is well worth a visit. And the village is home to the only inhabitant, inhabited river island in Ticino, which is connected by two beautiful medieval bridges. So on this island, which is in the middle of the Ticino River. You have also a grotto. I don't know if you're familiar with the grottos, but grotto is a very typical, like trattorias in, Ita in, in Italy, a very typical uh, restaurant where you can eat. And this grotto on the island is really superb because it's down by the river and you can see the old medieval uh, um, bridge on top. And it's on an island, the only inhabited island in uh, in Ticino. Oh, okay. And from this village, Giornico, comes for us at least the very famous wine, Giornico Oro, which means Giornico Gold. Even the etiquette, what you have on the bottle, is gold, really shining gold. And this is one of the finest Merlot wines around. Merlot is a typical wine that we produce here in Ticino, which is normally quite appreciated outside of Switzerland. And this Giornico Oro is by far one of the best Merlot you can uh, you can have. Yeah, right. Okay. So you mentioned that it's um, known as the village of seven churches. What's the population there now? And, and did it used to be a lot bigger? Like why so many churches? Uh, well, the population now, oh, I think it's about 1,200 inhabitants. Uh, but the thing is, as I said, it used to be Mm, not famous, but let's say a lot of people used to stop there because of changing uh, this caravan to go to the San Gotthard. So basically, with a lot of people moving around, because in those days, the San Gotthard was the main pass throughout the Alps, but which meant also let's say like now with COVID or so, uh, if there was some illness around in Europe, it 
could arrive there because a lot of people were spending the night there and whatever. So when maybe uh, la, la malaria, I don't know how to say it in English. Anyway, when some disease, when they found a solution or something, they maybe built a church mm-hmm. to say thank you oh, yes. for for this. So in that sense, it was a place where you could really exchange uh, views and settle with people from all over the place. But of course, there was a lot of movement in comparison with a lot of other villages. Sure. So uh, in that like sense, a bit of a transport hub in a way, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it could be. Yeah, today it would be a trend. It's not anymore, but it could be a transport hub. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Very interesting. Okay, so I think you've got one other village that you're going to tell us about, um, which is a very new one. Yes, exactly. Now we are going to Baal, which is in the far north, if Ticino is in the south, uh, in the far south of Switzerland, Basel in the, is in the south, uh, far north. And uh, close to Basel, we have the last villages, the last village that joined our association, which is Arlesheim. And this is very close to the city center because it's only 15 minutes by tram from the center of Basel. So here the difference couldn't be greater from really a big city, a busy city like Basel and, uh, and this village. So despite being only 15 minutes by tram from the center of busy Basel, it has a distinctly village-like fair. It's uh, it's beautiful, cozy pedestrian square adorned with a monumental fountain invites you to stop for a coffee in one of the local bakeries. And from this square, several paths lead to Switzerland's largest English gardens. There's not many people know that we have really English gardens in Switzerland. And this is really the, I, I, I am half English. Actually, my mother comes from England. And I can tell you this garden is really like going back to England. So it's really, I know a lot of people that live in that area go on weekends to stroll around because it's huge. And it's, but it's just a couple of minutes from the center of the village. And you have these beautiful English gardens which are simply idyllic. And another jewel of Arlesheim, it's its monumental Baroque cathedral, which is really huge for a village, which overlooks a charming pedestrian square. So it's very pedestrian, this village, and the tram basically just gets in the center and you get off the tram and then you just walk around. And actually, my parents went there some weeks ago. I told them to go and visit the village and they thought they were at the wrong stop because it was so peaceful. So they, they arrived from the center of Basel and said, where are we? Because <laughs> there was nobody around. Okay, I mean, it was a, not a nice day with the weather and whatever, but they really saw a big difference between Baal and they were staying by the central station, which is very busy, nearly like Zurich. And uh, and then they went to this beautiful... But I'm very happy about having this village also because we uh, it's our first village in Basel land, in the canton of Basel. So as I said, we have, uh, we have yes, 49 villages, but in 18 cantons. And in Switzerland, there are 26. So we don't yet have a, a village in every canton. So Basel, it's very nice now to have a village also in the canton of Basel. Yeah, and we should also mention that, and you did touch on this before when we spoke about La Neuveville, that you said there's three three villages very in very close proximity. So that's the same in some other cantons too, isn't it? Although they, the villages might not be so close, but some cantons have more than one of the member villages. Uh, yes, for example, Gra- Gra- Graubünden or Valleys, uh, we have seven uh, villages in each of these cantons, also Canton Vaux 
we have eight. I think it's the canton where we have more villages, eight. Uh, but then we have cantons like uh, Zurich where we only have one village. And there's still some cantons like Soletta, Solotuan, where we don't still have a, a village. So yeah, it's not set that every canton must have a village. Or as you said, in some places, they are very near to each other. In other places, like in Graubünden, which is quite a big canton, the seven villages are quite far away, one from each other. Yeah, but it, it, the, the great thing is, and that's why I wanted to mention uh, or to talk about these ones today, is that there's just there are villages that are so accessible from the main cities, so people don't have to miss out on on visiting these villages because they can reach them uh, very easily. Exactly. I mean, I I should say you have to spend like a week in every village, but basically, as I know that Switzerland has so many attractions to see, I wouldn't tell you to to, to miss out on uh, the Jungfrau or whatever for our villages. But as you as you mentioned, uh, they're so near to city centers. I think even only a couple of hours, like Arresheim, fifteen minutes by tram. I mean, you don't have to use the whole day, so you can do also other things. You can see what you had in mind to see, but maybe. Add on a couple of uh, a couple of hours just to stroll around the English Garden or to have a coffee in the main square. I f- I find it's it's worth it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think these days too, particularly since the pandemic, more and more people are looking to do things that are a little bit perhaps off the beaten path and and sure they want to see those main attractions like the Jungfrau, um, but they like to combine that with something a little a little different too. So. Visiting the villages is a is a great option. I think com- the, the, what you said about combination, I know what you said about combining things. I I totally agree because also about our forty nine villages. Some, as you said before, like Ascona, Omorcote, or Gruyere, are very famous. So you also find quite a lot of people. But other ones are. Basically, as I said, Arlesheim, it was only my parents around. So I like this combination. So you don't really have to only go to places where it's all about only yourself, but not even only go to places which are so well known, so full of tourists. So combining the two, I think it gives you also a a better view about Switzerland and not only the postcard Switzerland, let's say, but also places where people still live as they used to live some years ago. Yeah, definitely. Well, you're doing a fantastic job with the association in promoting the beauty and the history and the significance of of these villages, so so well done on that. Um, But I think you might have another project on the go too, so... Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes. So, well, Caroline, let's say starting from the realization that the meaning of village, so village in French or Dorf in German, Borgo in Italian or Pueblo in Spanish, in different language can be different what people understand on the village. So, and, um, and so, uh, beginning from that and adding that in Switzerland, there are several small towns which are just over 10,000 inhabitants, which is at the moment our maximum for the villages. For example, Payerne or Solothurn have just over 10,000, but they have a lot in common with our large villages. So we decided to launch the Swiss Historic Towns label, where the emphasis is placed, in addition to beauty, on the history of these towns and their liveliness. So basically, villages and small towns below 10,000 inhabitants and which have a more village-like character are labelized as best Swiss villages. 
while towns above 10,000 inhabitants up to a maximum of 25 inhabitants, uh, 25,000 inhabitants with a more historic character are labeled Swiss historic towns. We believe that this improves their promotion internationally. Okay. So um, are there already members of the, the Historic Towns Association? Uh, let's say from our 49 villages, we have uh, now labeled three as uh, Swiss historic towns, which are the three uh, that have more this character of town and of history, like Bremgarten on the river Reuss, which is the same river of Lucerne, or Arburg on the river Ar, and uh, Diesenhofen on the river Rhine. So, but we aim to have new ones. I've been spoken, I've been speaking with Bellinzona, for example, with its UNESCO castles, or with Payern, which is this beautiful abbey. And so we are in talks. Uh, for the moment, new ones, uh, we don't have yet, but also I don't have that much time at the moment to dedicate to this. But we, we are starting on this project. And I think by the end of the year, we will definitely have some uh, new Swiss historic towns coming in. Yeah, fantastic. And this is all a passion project for you, isn't it? Uh, yes, it is. I mean, both. Uh, basically, it's one project a bit split in two. Because of this difference, we have noticed as we go a lot abroad and this understanding of village, dorf, etc. Uh, so town for uh, for some villages is more appropriate than uh, than village, especially in English. And uh, but basically, it's it's a passion of uh, yes, exploring. Let's say generally less less well known places. But I I know that you need also well known places to. To have attention, let's say, from the media, from other places. So I'm very happy to have Gruyere or to have Ascona and whatever, but I wouldn't want only to have top look, uh, top places that are already very well known, like Zermatt, for example. They're all very nice places, but I don't know if they need me, let's say. <laughs> Instead, other villages, I'm really sure, for example, of these seven we, we have spoken today, Maybe, maybe all or a lot of them uh, can really benefit from our network. Well, it's a fantastic job. As I said before, you, you should be congratulated on all the work you've done to um, to get all these villages together into a, an association and uh, bring them to to our attention so that we can um, go out and appreciate them just like you do. So where can our listeners find out more about uh, both the associations that um, that we've talked about? Yeah, well, I would like to say you can find us also in uh, on the bookshelf in the sense with a guide, but we are still debating if to, we have a guide, a printed guide in French, in German and Italian, not yet in English, but I know it's something we must do and I want to do it. But for the moment, you can find all the information online, of course, on the website for the villages is swissvillages.org. And for the historic towns, it's SwissHistoricTowns.org or on social media for the villages, Swiss villages and for the historic towns, Swiss towns. So basically you find all the information there, but I'm still a bit old school. So I would like also to have a printed guide, something that people can maybe take back to their country or whatever. And uh, but we are working on that. 
Yeah, great. It is a fantastic souvenir. You kindly gave me a copy of the German edition last year when we and met. The German, yes. Yeah, and, yeah, it's exactly. a, a great, great, um, you know, memory to have and, and a great reference point, but I do need to get my husband to translate it, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> well, it has beautiful pictures. At least it has beautiful pictures that it you does. can exactly. appreciate. Yeah. Now I will include uh, those web addresses and, and the social media handles that you've mentioned in the show notes for this episode. So uh, if people miss those and they want to visit you and find out more, they'll have that information there. Thank you very much, Kevin. It's been great chatting to you again. And uh, I hope now that we've uh, given lots of inspiration to our listeners and they're going to make sure that they include at least one of the beautiful villages or the historic towns uh, in their Switzerland itinerary. Thank you, Caroline, for having me, and I hope to speak to you soon. How incredible do those seven villages sound? I love the fact that you don't need to skip the major attractions in order to visit these villages. They are within easy reach of the major cities and all can be reached by public transport. Why not do a mountain excursion or visit a major attraction in the morning and head to a beautiful village in the afternoon. Whether it's the colourful village of La Neuveville, the rolling green hills of Schwelbrunn, or the Baroque beauty of Alessan that appeals to you, you won't need to venture very far from the major centres to visit. And with breathtaking villages so close to Zurich and Geneva too, there's really no excuse for not including a visit to one of the most beautiful villages in Switzerland in your itinerary. I'm already planning to visit a couple of the villages Kevin chatted about today in my next Swiss vacation. If you're interested in learning about more of the member villages, have a listen to episode 16 of the podcast. I'll include a link to that episode and links to the websites and social media pages for the most beautiful villages in Switzerland and historic towns in the show notes. Those show notes can be found at holidaystoswitzerland.com forward slash episode 88. Thanks for joining me today. I'd like to take this opportunity to wish you a happy and safe 2024 and I hope you'll join me again in the new year for more Swiss travel tips and inspiration. Until then, tschüss! If you'd like more great resources to help you plan your dream trip to Switzerland, there are lots of ways to connect with us. Visit our website, holidaystoswitzerland.com, sign up for our monthly newsletter, or join our friendly, helpful community of past and future travellers in our Switzerland travel planning group. You'll also find the links to connect with us in the show notes for this episode. Show notes and a list of all previous episodes are available at holidaystoswitzerland.com slash podcast. Don't miss out on your fortnightly dose of Swiss travel inspo. Hit the subscribe button on your favorite podcast app so you never miss an episode. And if you enjoyed the show, please leave a rating. That's all for this edition of the Holidays to Switzerland Travel Podcast. Thanks for joining us and happy travel planning.